Hello, everyone, friends, colleagues, acquaintances, and Rabbi Father Iman Jones. Welcome to the third episode of the Communal Conversation. I'm Yosef Zeldman, here with my guest, Ellie Avital. More on Ellie in a minute. First, we have a sponsor. We have a brand new sponsor this week. I'm so grateful to have this week's episode of the Communal Conversation is brought to you by our amazing new sponsors over at EV Direct. EV Direct is the home of the Evolute, a smart multi-user electric vehicle charging system for condominiums. Go electric or go dig for oil. This week's episode is also sponsored by Custom by Shara. More on them in the mid-break. Welcome, Ellie, to the podcast. I know me just reading sponsors super fast is a little intimidating, but um, uh, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us uh, who you are, where you've been, what you're doing, what you're aspiring towards? So, thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, my name is Ellie Avital. I'm a 19-year-old uh, student right now at McMaster University studying life sciences. Um, basically... I, my story is that I'm a health, let's say you can call it freak. Uh, I like to call it like kind of a biohacker is the word, which is a kind of, it sounds weird, but yeah, it sounds like something you would see in a CW show. Yeah. Like I'm a biohacker, I'm <laughs> yeah, in the mainframe. It's like, I'm trying to like hack my genes or something like that. But no, but basically like the thing that I try to aspire to is mixing um, um, modern technology with ancient wisdom and basically putting those things together. So kind of like using, people have heard of ancient Chinese medicine. Um, and then people have heard of obviously Western medicine. So what I'm looking for is to combine both of those together. Interesting. So yeah, so I kind of I, I see I see uh, modern medicine very very helpful in the the now the like I have a broken arm like fix me now like I have my, my hand cut off like I'm not gonna put a bandaid on that like the, the modern medicine like I'm not gonna start dripping my oregano oil on yeah, that. Yeah. Right. But like the, I would say that modern medicine is not so good for for uh, the, the, the long-term and the, uh, the long-term chronic diseases mm. that afflict most of the people in the world today. So that's kind of where I like to combine those things together, basically. And that's my story, pretty much, of what I do every single day. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I kind of, I, the way I got into this is like kind of a com combination of lots of different paths. But yeah. basically, I started when I was about 13 years old. Um, I was... Uh, I really like food. <laughs> Just for a little context. So yeah. Ellie and I went to high school together. Yeah, that's um, true. And I remember you in grade nine. There were still certain foods you, you ate that you would never touch like Today. a year later. I used but to, I used to you dab the kid, my That's exactly what I was going to say. With, when you got pizza towel. at lunch, you would use a paper towel to dab to all dab the grease the off oil, of it. Yeah. You started other people doing it. Oh my God. Yeah, it was, that, it was I, I really wouldn't, funny. I wouldn't even like... You wouldn't even look, touch it. I wouldn't even look at a pizza today. Like, you cannot watch Ninja Turtles. It'll trigger you too much. So, yeah. I was going to actually just briefly just briefly ask so for an example of something that's outside would macrobiotics be considered western medicine or is that outside because for something like crohn's crohn's is a, is a disease that uh, i think a large chunk of the population in the world deal with day to day and macrobiotics is a way to manage that which i don't think is necessarily within the purview of western medicine i'm, I'm asking you because i i don't know so what what is your like definition of macrobiotics i know what it is but like what would you say uh, what it's about. From what I vaguely know, it's changing your entire diet and foods yeah. and working out at certain times, I think. Okay, so basically, I think, I, I say that that your body is, it's not, it, it runs mostly off the food and this, those, like, I say that food is not the most important part of what a person, uh, how a person lives and how a person's health develops over their lifetime. Um, I would say the way that I look at all of that is yeah. basically, I would say that the first main most important part to my uh, like philosophy of health and everything including the macro crohn's and everything yeah 
is your circadian rhythm, which is basically your body's internal Ooh, clock. Right. So you it's, want to explain that a little for the viewers. So when let's say okay, so when let's say you throw something life into Earth and okay. you drop it in the middle of nowhere, how does it know what time of day it is? Number one. The only way for it to know what time of day it is is by the light. So unless it's in like a cave, but like that's the, there's there's much more there's much more details about that. Like the, even the magnetic flux of the Earth changes between right. that gets very complicated. Right. But basically, the first thing is light. The sun tells your body when it's daytime, and the lack of sun tells your body when it's nighttime. Mm. So that's how your body knows. So basically, the very first thing that any organism on this planet uh, sees is light and and uh, night and and day and night. So basically, I say that that I, based off the research and based off everything that I've read and understood and all the podcasts I listen to and all <laughs> that all the time that I put throw into this, that your circadian rhythm is more important than anything that you do. That is why I am currently wearing orange glasses right now. Yes. So, for the for those who are just listening uh, and not viewing visually, Ellie yeah. has literally red tinted goggles. Uh, oh, sorry, oh, glasses. I have, I have red ones. I know. I know the orange I know ones. The, okay, orange tinted <laughs> goggles. Something you would see from like a '90s movie yeah. or, or Matt Murdock, but he genuinely wears them all the time. Um, he's been doing this for years, and Pretty it's much, yeah. it's to block light, right? So it's for, to block the blue light. So yeah, basically, light. Uh, the parts of the sun that tell your body that it's day, daytime are blue mainly the blue and then part of the the green spectrum also right so uh the reason for that is that modern humans um so so before let me backtrack a little uh back in ancient times the only light that we had at night would have been fire yeah fire is when you look at fire unless it's coming out of a stove which is artificial technically it's artificial if it's coming from like from heat from, from, from uh, wood yeah then it just is orange red and yellow that's the color of fire. Right. So basically, those colors don't tell your body that that don't disrupt your body's circadian rhythm. Whereas blue and green light are the things that are the lights that that disrupt your body's uh, circadian rhythm and tell your body that it is daytime. So today in modern lighting, with all the modern technology that we have, the phones, computers, the the light bulbs, everything LEDs, is everything. Yeah. It's just it's just way too much for our body. It's really yeah. terrible. Um, and there's research that shows that this is. Very, like it's very very harmful for our entire body yeah there's, um, there's actually something i want to touch on there uh, this yeah. concept of something i don't understand like some of my friends do this and, uh, like falling asleep to netflix or falling asleep oh, to a terrible. computer screen i don't get it i really don't like i like okay first of all you know me when it comes to movies and tv shows i'm like yeah. very uptight and i pay attention all the time but just sure. but falling asleep to a blue light directly in your face must do so much honestly damage, like right? if i <laughs> There are nights that, let's say, like once in literally once in five months, I'll, I'll take off my my glasses for the night or something like that. <laughs> Whoa! <It's> like, <laughs> I, I literally track those nights because I track my sleep many different ways. So I right. track the nights when I see that, and I notice that no matter what, like if if I'm not wearing my orange glasses or red or orange glasses after sunset, I just have absolutely terrible sleep. Like wow. I can't sleep, and I know that, and I feel it, and I feel it for the next day. Do you think? Do you think that's because your body's just fully adjusted to that? Some other people state, would say or? it's 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 a uh, what's it called placebo, but I wouldn't say it's placebo. I wasn't even, no, I wasn't even saying that. I would say. Yeah. I would say that hundred percent. My body runs on like a circadian rhythm. Everybody's got a real effect. Circadian rhythm. Yeah. So. Once you build your circadian rhythm, you kind of build your body's clock. It's like taking a clock and throwing it at a wall. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Time flies. Like that's, how, uh, <laughs> that's just how it is. So like the clock doesn't work anymore. Interesting. So when you do that, you're just destroying your body from the inside out. Right. 
Yeah, so I know, but unfortunately, it's a common practice. And sleep, everybody does. It. Sleep is something that I don't know. A lot of people don't focus on, and it's important. Sleep is, I would right? say, one of also the most important parts of. Uh, well, you also get like what nine hours of sleep a night. Eight usually? to nine hours, yeah. But I, 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 I would say it, it depends on your age. The younger you are, the more sleep you need. Yeah. Um. So obviously, that's why like a baby will sleep for like ever. So yeah. So babies. Um. When you look at a baby, they sleep basically all day. They either eat, sleep, poop. Uh, cry. That's, that's pretty that's, much it. That's their the daily, entire beat. kind of what I do, but like, you know, it's the daily routine. <laughs> so babies sleep for most of the day. And as um, that time goes on, um, as, as, a, as a baby uh, grows up, basically they're supposed to start sleeping a little bit less. That's why kids sleep yeah. a little bit longer. That's why everybody knows that kids should go to bed a little bit earlier than the, uh, than the adults and all that. But the thing is that people think that, oh, I'm an adult. I don't need to sleep anymore. Like I can get by on five hours of sleep. People think that they can get by on five to six hours on sleep, which, yeah, you can't get by, but you're not optimal at all. You're not you going like, to be in an ideal position. Yeah. And people say yeah. that, oh, those two hours of sleep, those those two hours that I, that I would have been sleeping, I'm so much more productive. I can use them for so many more things. <laughs> the thing is, those two hours of sleep, they like fill in the rest of like your brain. Like without, right. yeah. without those two hours, your brain is functioning at like 50%. And also people don't realize how much, I mean, this is what I learned in psychology, how much sleep plays into memory, right? For sure. Or, or just rejuvenation yeah, of the 100%. cells in general. I mean, we, we all kind of need that. At the same time, there are some people who genuinely, because of work or, or jobs or whatever it is, they have really unbalanced sleep schedules. And sure. it's sort of like, it's hard to, it's, it's really hard to parse out, yeah. right? Honestly, it's, I see 100% how it is in the modern world. It's completely yeah. like, it's. Sleep is like it's it's thrown aside. It's like yeah, because we're on and all the time. Yeah, people right? say I like, sleep when I'm dead. It's like it's like, <laughs> it's like sleep is not for now. I don't need it now. I don't feel that I need yeah. it. Meanwhile, they they the thing that I try to tell people is is when you go on vacation, everybody sleeps in on vacation. Like it's not like oh, when I'm on vacation, I'm only sleeping six hours a night. Like, no, you're you're <laughs> right. sleeping until like ten o'clock. Yeah, unless you're really so tired. even like that's still not an optimal schedule. But you're still still getting those hours of sleep, which is better than nothing. So I would say that. If, if you notice that when you go on vacation and you feel that you just feel better right yes you're on vacation there's less stress but, but that's think the about ideal it. you're like you're also sleeping most hours what if you were to do that every single day of the year <laughs> imagine how much better you'd feel every single day of the year and not only on vacation interesting so that's what i like i'm trying to tell people i'm like if you go a week or two two i would say two weeks trying to do everything as perfectly as perfect like eat the perfect diet and sleep the perfect whatever and block the blue light and all the tr just try to do something for two weeks two weeks is not that hard straight okay like then the next day go back to exactly how you were before <laughs> you will yeah, feel right. like absolute in my head. garbage yeah like i'm right. telling you you will not like be able to get up in the morning and not because oh your body's detoxing and you just suddenly it's like uh, your your body you 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 got used to feeling like normal how you're supposed to be feeling how it's true. meant to be, feel so when you do that, you kind of just realize how how like how off the path we are of optimal. You know that's interesting because that adds into a lot of stuff I've been thinking and reading about in terms of technology inter integrated with humans. I believe maybe a little too. I believe we're basically cyborgs already. Like phones yeah. are basically yeah, like an mean. organ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if we okay, it's the, the comparison I always give is, is like if someone falls in public, someone falls over, you're kind of like oh. Oh God, I don't know what I don't want yeah. to do with that. <laughs> if a phone falls in public, everyone's like, oh my God, oh no, is it okay? Is oh, did it crack? No, did it just yeah. case? Yeah, it's like, okay, we see where your priorities are. <laughs> it's obviously, it's, it's a little hyperbolic, but I, I, our brains were not built for this much exposure to technology 100%. at all. Like, and, I, and I'm really wondering 
we're seeing a lot of effects short term. I'm wondering what the effects are going to be long term because we haven't had I'm wondering too. years and years <laughs> to study this that's stuff the yet, thing. Right? So it's kind of like we're in the first like experiment. Basically. Unfortunately, we're like the yeah. first test trial. Yeah. And uh, nobody knows what happened. And and the only thing is like the, the, the worst part of it is that the entire like most of the planet, 99% of the planet is part of this test trial. So what happens right. if this test trial fails? Like, <laughs> where do we go from there? It's a really good point. Now I do I do think that that the body does have a way to to kind of um, to kind of build the resistance like a dance kind of things. Yeah. yeah, basically it's called a hormetic stressor. It's like oh. exercise is a hormetic stress. Um, uh, cold uh, heat like a sauna. Basically, a hormetic stress means that your body uh, you 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 kind of expose your body to a very small amount of stress. And then your body builds resilience to that stress. So people have heard of like the mm. the 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 people in the jungle. They're they're like uh, um, they they kind of I think they inject themselves with a very small amount of spider venom or yeah. something venom. Yeah. No, and then basically when they get bit, like they don't feel like nothing happens yeah. to them. Why? Because that's a hormetic stress. So they're yes. building up the resilience to that. So I do think that in in our modern uh, environment today, yes, it's harming us very very much. But I do think that it. In the future, I think in the very distant future, that's the only problem because we have had millions of years living whatever, like whatever, uh, whichever way you follow. Uh, we have evolved <laughs> We've for had a very a long, long time. time. Yes, um, with the with no light basically and no uh, terrible food and no uh, like all the social media and all that destroying our brains and all that all the yeah. stuff put together. We've lived pretty good for a very long time without that. So. Yeah. Kind of, I do think that we will evolve, but I don't think we'll evolve fully 100%. And evolution is not something that just happens yeah, in like 10 years. No. It takes a long, Very long time. time. I remember, um, that's another thing discussed in psychology is like, so there's this amazing study. This, this is, um, now, okay, just, if I'm getting this wrong, I apologize. Check me in the comments if I'm getting this wrong, okay? okay? Um, but there's a study I remember. It's sort of like what, what gets passed down genetically from, uh, you know, parent to child, how fast, and what sort of things like for example my grandfather escaped the holocaust right every time i hear oh. german language 70 alarm bells go off in my head now that's either one of two things one i'm an orthodox jew and i've been grilled by all media everywhere that germans <laughs> are bad and i don't think all germans are bad for the record but when i hear the language it, it sends a, i've met plenty of nice germans for the record but like when i hear the language it's usually because i've seen things nazi imagery whatever yeah. it is right or it's my grandfather's sense of oh my god I, I have to get out of here yeah. and walk across an entire country. Um, it's probably not the latter, but 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 it plays into okay. So there's a study they did right um, somewhere in American psychology unit where they took a bunch of chickens. <laughs> I know. I love when the study start with chickens. Exactly the most ethical the yeah. most ethical uh, um, possibility. Uh, <laughs> they they had it. They put the chickens in a pen, right? And then every once in a while, it's at different intervals, um, a hawk would fly in, eat some of the chickens, or grab one and then fly away. Okay? Oh, right? How the other chickens So oh. So no, so hear me out. So they, so they, they they were conditioned that this hawk is gonna come and it's gonna murder them and it's yeah. gonna eat some of them. Okay? And this happens at different intervals till the chickens associate hawk coming and they just all freak out, right? So then the chickens have babies. Oh. They take the babies and put them in the pen. And even though the hawk has never done anything to the babies. The second it swoops in, they all freak out. So my question is, do they have a control group? Yes. They had the group where they didn't have right. a hawk and then those uh, chickens also had babies and yeah. they did the same thing and, yeah. the, hawk and the chickens wouldn't- Because they had to check for all basically. independent variables. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
Very interesting. Which is really interesting and could play into larger... Once again, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm getting this 100% right, but it could play into larger pass-down effects from generation to generation. So, I mean, we know generational trauma exists, yeah, but what about other things? Okay, so yeah, you, you want to talk to about that? Yeah. So basically, uh, I've recently, recently actually like started listening to a few podcasts where they were talking about trauma um, and that there's many different ways of, uh, of that trauma manifests itself and also the places that it comes from. Of course. So one of the ways is generational uh, trauma. So that's very, very interesting. For example, um, there is, I don't remember exactly what it is. I, it's something to do with iron in the blood and the Black Plague. Basically, <laughs> yeah, basically there's, there's uh, I, I don't remember the word. It might be hemochromatosis or something like that, but you have to, you have to Some sort search of that up. Yeah. Name, yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, the people who survived the Black Plague, uh, they had a specific genetic variation in their blood that I think uh, they had less iron in their blood. Uh, and basically the people who, who, who survived kind of had an advantage over the people yeah. who didn't. And the people who passed down, basically the people who survived passed down those genes front to, to the rest of the people because the Black Plague killed like a certain amount, very high amount of the Europeans. So the people who survived, the, like the, the generations after that all had the same genes from that. So the thing is, it's kind of like it's not i wouldn't say it's that that's like not technically a trauma but it's kind of like a selective uh breeding in a way yeah of like we knocked out those and this is kind of what we have left um so that's one example of that another one is that i have seen um uh examples of people who would experience trauma uh from their parents or grandparents or even many generations yeah. before so for example if something would happen to to like like for 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 example, if somebody were to be raped or, or kidnapped or something uh, very terrible, um, the the generations after would still have the the effects from those uh, from those from, debilitating. Yeah, fearful so moments. It's, it's really really interesting. Which, and, which and is still being are, studied a lot, by the yeah, way. 100%. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And there are there are uh, treatments for those kind of things, and obviously not every single one works. There's different ones that work for specific ones, and obviously there are some that still have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's, but yeah, that's it's very, very interesting because... Go, go ahead. No, sorry. Just That's the thing with trauma because there's such a scale of it. Yeah. There is the scale into PTSD where yeah. it's a real post-traumatic stress disorder that people experience. And then the thing about trauma is sort of like what I talked about last week in my last week's episode, the depression and anxiety are both actually human emotions. Being depressed and having an anxiety disorder, those are those are mental disorders. But depression and anxiety are both normal human emotions everyone experiences, yeah, right? Sure. Same with trauma. Usually, unfortunately, the way life goes, a lot of people are going to deal with trauma. The question is, how do you classify that mentally? Yeah, I said everybody treat deals it? with trauma every single day. It's yeah, like exactly. Yeah. You wake up and you're kind of just like, uh, you see Justin Trudeau's our prime minister still, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, God, it's, like, God. it's yeah. like that's basic human nature. It's basic like every everybody's nature. It's like it's just like you're always you're you, you have you basically you have two parts of your brain. Mm -hmm. You have the rational thinking part, yeah, which is the 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 human brain kind of like the difference. What's the difference between an animal and and a, and a human? Uh, like I have a man dog is the rational home. animal. I forgot to say <laughs> I have a dog at home. Basically. You have a dog? Yes. When did you get a dog? It was uh, two years ago. What? Yeah. Oh, well, I haven't, been, yeah, I haven't been to your house in a long time. Yeah. Oh so basically, every time I look at the dog, she just, she she pees and poos wherever the heck she wants. She's right. barking like crazy. She just, she just doesn't care. So I'm like looking at her and comparing him to my brother. Who <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope is not listening to this episode. <laughs> I don't really care if he does because... Uh, <laughs> I say it to his face. So okay, funny. all right, there you go. Yeah. Um, but basically, I, I try to, I, I see, and I and I look at the dog, and I'm like, okay, what's the difference between a dog and a human? Like, how are they thinking? Uh, where, where does, like, what's happening there? 
So I kind of view it as, and I've, and I've seen this somewhere and it kind of makes sense. I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly, but basically I see a dog or an animal in general, they are not conscious of being conscious. Do you know what that's called? What? Uh, metacognition. That is they can't, cool word. They can't basically, yeah. Uh, humans are are okay. conscious of being supposedly conscious. supposedly humans are the only species that are metacognitive. However, yeah, maybe not. No. Dolphins might be metacognitive. Yeah, There's some research that. on that. Monkeys certain maybe metacognitive. But basically, metacognition means sorry for the big words, guys, but it means you can think about your thoughts. Right. You can see what you thoughts you're having, you're and you're yeah, exactly. You're like watching yourself, kind of. Yeah, I believe dogs are definitely not metacognitive. So dogs are not, <laughs> no, like they no. just they want everything and they want it now. Yeah, exactly. They, they see yeah. something and they're like, my my dog will walk around. Like squirrel, boom, run. It's like my brother doesn't do that. So <laughs> there's there's a difference there. Be more concerned about it. I can yeah. I can see the difference between my okay. brother and the dog. All right. So basically, um, so there's two parts to the brain. There's that part, which is the the mammalian part of the brain, the old, the, the millions and millions of years old. Yeah. And I don't remember the exact numbers, but the the mammalian old part of the brain is much 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 more it's like i think it's like maybe one to 30 times uh the the time of evolution basically so we had the mammalian brain for, oh. for a few millions and millions of years yeah and we only had the rational thinking side of our uh human brain develop way later yeah, obviously way way later so basically every time every time you walk around your rational thinking part of your brain is trying to fight the not fight but kind of rationalize the mammalian millions of years old brain yeah every single time yeah so it's like you'll be walking on the street and something will will like move in the, the tree so, and you're like it's a dinosaur i'm gonna die exactly but so. no it's a squirrel and it's just like looking for a, a, a nothing it's to like bring in, who cares to bring in psychology you're talking about the parasympathetic nerve system yeah which is the fight or flight right. response yeah. for just to define it a little so fight or flight is sort of the um what's a, what's a good example a real world example okay if you're if you're walking down a sidewalk and a car backs out in front of you and you jump back right yeah. that's not you thinking oh the car is there that's i must your, jump back that's your parasympathetic nerve system jump. being like mm, right yeah, it's like uh just happens yeah and people get instinctive i mean fight or flight it's like if a bear is in front of you yeah. you're probably gonna flight unless you're so, i don't yeah. know <laughs> unless you're what, what's a name someone who would face down a bear i don't know I have no clue. yeah you know never mind samson i, I would do it you, I believe you. I believe you. I do believe you. Um, Have some good dinner. <laughs> are they kosher? I, no. I don't think they're kosher. Um, yeah. Uh, what were we saying? Yeah. No. So the parasympathetic nerve system uh, is is plays into a lot of our, and the problem is also if we talk about so we're talking about teenagers because we we still I mean I'm 20 you're 19 right teenager. so we're still we're still teenagers yeah. I would say, um, the parasympathetic nerve system the emotion in us is. 20 times as strong as the rational sure. brain because this part of the brain the prefrontal yeah. cortex which is responsible for logic logic capacity thinking and problem solving doesn't fully develop well, until 25 or 25 or 26 for, and for even men, then i think for men it's 25 and for women it's like 22 or something like that oh well that. that makes sense because women mature faster yeah yeah um but uh and, and some are even theorizing it's not even 25 26 it might even be something like 30. like, oh. like I, I read a couple papers on that i don't know i don't know the validity but um Basically, so so our constant existence is this fight between what I like to call monkey brain and normal brain. Yeah, yeah brain, basically, that's right? what the mammalian brain is. Yeah, my, my, my friend Nathaniel and I, uh, we, uh, we, um, we uh, constantly joke about monkey brain in different situations. Like, you can see <laughs> that some people are just more driven by this concept of monkey brain yeah, than others. You know, <laughs> like, like people who are at parties trying to get with every yeah. girl that they can, 
That's like a side. That's, 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 that's monkey literally, brain. Literally. I, that's literally my dog. Like I want that. I want it now. <laughs> like I, I need right. it now. <laughs> I need it yesterday. Yeah. And resisting monkey brain is hard. We sure. all. We that's all, what I'm saying. It's it's you're you're fighting that that millions urge. of year old. Yeah. Yeah. It's like how do you do that? None, none of us like. Everyone has urges, and and For we sure, all try to control yeah. them as best as we can. But sure. it's sort of like yeah. But it, it is fun to see some people who, um, I don't know. I hate I, I hate to bash on people, but sometimes it's interesting to view people who definitely can't succumb to those and maintain like a monkey brain way of living. It's not like I can blame them. Yeah, the, there is personal responsibility, but at the same time, like I, I'd say that I, I the way like the way I look at it is that you can, I, I feel like you can't really live a life just. But you can obviously live a life doing whatever you want, but mm -hmm. I'm saying living a life just giving into everything that you feel exactly is like what's the point? Yes, yeah. what's like, your identity if it's, just, con if it's controlled like, by vices a dog a dog is living But they don't know they're living you're you know, you're living so you can't just go ahead and do what a dog's doing because like you know that you're doing that the yeah. dog doesn't know that they're doing that they're yeah. just doing it <laughs> so it's kind of like you I wouldn't see it like an obligation, but like you kind of you, you, you have a gift to know that. So yeah. why would you just give in to- Primal to, desires. Yeah, to just, well, the answer is, is because it's easy. Right. Usually uh, easy. us as people, we do the easy thing, not the right yeah, thing. 100%. Right? Those, those two don't sure. equal the same. I was listening to a song the other day. Uh, one of the lyrics was, what's easy is right, my mother's advice. I'm like, that is terrible That's advice. That terrible. is awful advice. <laughs> yeah. um, often what's, what's easy is expedient and what's right is hard and takes a long time. But we all sort of try to figure that out, I guess. So I would say that basically the the giving into that, it, or sorry, holding back from those kind of things, builds character, builds resilience, I builds agree. builds like kind of kind of who you are in a way. So I would say, for example, I like to take ice baths in a certain time. Okay. Now here's the thing: do they feel good? <laughs> yes and no yeah. not really maybe like when you're sweating like crazy then right. it feels good but not normally like Ugh. taking an ice bath in the winter let me tell you you need your kidneys stolen uh, like... it, it's not so fun so so <laughs> but you do it anyway so those kind of things it's kind of like i i don't I'm obviously like i see a cake and i'm like i really want that piece of cake right now but i don't eat the cake now it doesn't say i'm not gonna eat the cake ever like, yeah, I'll have a tiny smidget of a piece every so often just because like I want to live a little bit. Yeah. But I'm saying holding back from those things kind of builds who I am and kind of makes me appreciate the small little things that I do uh, indulge in, right. for example. And, and we're not saying to destroy all desires, no, right? Like, like you need some to have for fun. Sure. People got to have a party once in a while. Sure. I got to collect a bunch of plastic stuff lining the basement. Like that's <laughs> like everyone's got to give into their desires once in a while, yeah, but it's sure. sort of like how much, it's really the question of how much of your personality exactly is mediating your desires with your actual dialect and tone and, and what's the dichotomy between those two. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So uh, we are going to take a mid break uh, to shout out our other sponsor uh, for just rolling it in here. Um, so in addition to EV Direct, this week's episode of the Communal Conversation is sponsored by our good friends over at Custom by Shara. Oh. Looking for a gift to give your friend, family, or significant other? Want something unique and personalized for any occasion? Custom by Shara delivers custom, complex, hand-drawn portraits of anyone and everyone, sorry, anyone and everyone at affordable costs. Check out at Custom by Shara on Instagram to place your order and tell them we sent you. Once again, check out Custom by Shara on Instagram, S-H-A-R-A, -A, to order your custom portrait today. Okay, that out of the way. So 
with biohacking, some of the things that you do fascinate me. Like, and, and, and we don't talk like extremely often. So I'm sure there are many things you've done since high school that I have no idea about. Is oh, there yeah. any things you want to disclose <laughs> that you think would be interesting to people? Anything specific? I think the more I learn, the the deeper I get. It's kind of like, at a, at, there was a time where I wouldn't, I would just be extremely strict on certain things and then extremely, not lenient, but like just less uh, strict on other things. And for example, for us now, it's like those things kind of switch as time goes on. It's like one day I'll be more uh, leaning on this because I'll learn something about it. And then another day I'll be more leaning about this. So for example, there was a time where I wouldn't eat a mushroom because I because a mushroom is a fungi and uh, the part, part of the, the fungi family. And basically there's there's problems with mold. And mold I thought is, mushrooms were healthy. They are. So <laughs> that's what I was. So they are. So there's there's a re the reason that I wasn't eating it basically is because there's a thing called mold and mold uh, is very very toxic and there's mold produces mycotoxins and most people don't know about this Within at the body. all yeah most people don't know this about at all um, and people think that oh the main source of mold is a moldy house or something like that and what most people right. don't know is that a lot of houses are moldy so a lot of basements if you've ever had yeah sitting here right now. Um, <laughs> If you've That's ever great. if you've ever had a flood or something like that, like you should you should really check your house for mold. Um, so um, basically, so people think that, that 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 is the main source of mold, which it, it probably is. But I would also say that mold from your food and mold from uh, from the things that you ingest, such as coffee, is very high in mycotoxins. That's why I always try to strive for like high quality organic uh like yeah. fair trade all the the you, highest you always coffee. you always went like I always, straight bullet so edge coffee right? is, isn't that bullet 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 yeah bullet so basically the way i look at what i do right now is kind of i try to find with food for example the, the things i do is i pretty much eat everything that's not <laughs> processed but, but which eliminates a lot more quality. things than people realize yeah, yeah. Like not processed is like a lot, a lot of yeah. stuff, which removed. I, I want to get to soon, but yeah. Yeah. So I try to eat everything, uh, everything, but the highest quality. So I'm not going to go ahead and eat like a bag of Doritos, but I'm going to go, but, but like, if I'm going to eat a steak, I'm going to choose like to eat a grass fed steak, but less often than a regular person would be eating meat. So because it's expensive, I'm not eating it as much as normal. One day, hopefully if I'm a billionaire, which uh, maybe I'll get there with this podcast. You never know. Oh yeah, um, right. This is the start. <laughs> uh, then yeah, I'll probably be eating uh, probably more expensive foods here and there. But at the moment, I'm trying to save on those. Also things with kosher, I mean that yeah, it's a down very, a lot, very right? hard, yeah. especially in Canada. Oh, um, God, this country. Uh, yeah, lots of fun. Do you want to stay here long term? This country? I have no idea yeah, where I, this world is going. I really don't want to stay here long term. I want to live on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you, looking, you and Elon Musk can uh, bunk yeah, up on I'm Mars. Yeah, looking at uh, Mars right now. Oh, you know, Dogecoin. So, <laughs> you know, I thought that was just a joke until oh, I realized it was actually a currency. Oh yeah, Dogecoin is a real currency. There's, there's a lot behind that. Okay, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. But um, yeah, but along along the lines of of food, as you were talking about, um, so something that I learned in high school when I did more research. So, I'm studying to be a psychologist, right? I've been sort of low key doing that since high school, as you probably yeah. remember. I did want to go into film. We tried that; it didn't work. <laughs> Um, but, uh, psychology is, is what I've been, uh, uh, bred for, I guess. And, um, something I learned in my, in my research on what causes depression and anxiety, which is a, a whole myriad of things. You can't just, sure. of course you can't label it down to one thing, but food actually has a big part to play in general negative moods or mood swings in 100%. people. I didn't realize 
how much it does purely because of how processed the foods that we eat today are right like those things i'm not saying that if you eat enough you know mcdonald's burgers you're gonna get depression that's not really how it works yeah. but if you have tendencies toward that sort of thing and you eat a bunch of processed food like things could things could happen and not even on a mental illness level like just generally your body can degenerate i get you, you want you, you, you know so more about this than me basically i'd say that the main thing that controls all of your mood and how your brain technically works is your neurotransmitters it's right. it's the you thing. want to explain what it's called. so your neurotransmitters are the chemicals in your brain the molecules in your brain that interact that that are released uh and basically make you feel kind of a certain way so for yeah. example there's dopamine which makes you feel very very happy yeah so when somebody eats coke uh, i guess uh, snorts cocaine or eats a lot of sugar <laughs> eats coke or snorts cocaine right? if you eat uh, uh cocaine that'd be not a good idea but you know <laughs> if somebody if somebody uh does cocaine or yeah. if they're eating a lot of sugar or if they're like watching uh, a very uh comedy movie or something like that mm -hmm. um basically you the reason you feel happy and the reason you feel like you get kind of kind of a high off those things is because of dopamine yeah. your body releases dopamine at a certain um at a certain rate uh, yeah rate so basically yeah i guess so basically in the past we didn't have for for like the millions of years that we were saying before you don't have you, you never had something that stimulated dopamine as much as people have those stimulations today right so that's just one example so another one is there's serotonin there's melatonin there's uh, norepinephrine, there's epinephrine, there's so many different uh, um, neurotransmitters that interact. Right. But every at a base day. level, they're the things in your brain that make you feel different emotions. Yeah, that's they're, basically they're released what they are. Yeah, okay, so. So, so the things that affect these are many, 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 many different factors that are constantly uh, changing the neurotransmitters in your brain. For example, if you don't get enough uh, um, uh, certain proteins, certain, certain amino acids, then your body just doesn't have the building blocks to build these certain neurotransmitters. Right. So let's say you're not getting, uh, I think it's uh, L-tyrosine maybe, you have to check that, but L-tyrosine or something like that, yeah, it's, it's that. an amino acid. <laughs> um, for example, if you don't have that, then you basically can't build dopamine. So dopamine is the thing that makes you happy. Yeah. So if you can't build dopamine, then you're not happy. Interesting. Like you have, okay. you just cannot be happy. Like, so think is, about that. Is that something that would happen more when eating super processed foods? So or? I would say, so here's the thing. If a person's yeah. not eating a lot of protein, number one, which is pretty uh, common in non in, in processed foods, yeah, uh, they would, some people, I'm not saying like everybody, it's not saying like a main problem, but there are people who would have a problem with producing these neurotransmitters. And um, without the building blocks, you're not getting those things. And that's what leads, that. that's one thing that leads to these uh, major problems with depression and anxiety and all those uh, hmm. mental illnesses. So, right. But so what's what's innately in the food that's causing that? So there are many, 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 many right. different things. Um, but for example, processed food has been shown to interact with your brain in a way that's very, very uh, um, like it kind of downregulates. It, it upregulates and then downregulates in a certain way. So basically, if you go to McDonald's and you start eating a burger all day every single day your body would feel uh, a rush from the, the the sugar from the coke and the dopamine from the it, it would like it would spike all right, the they become would, stimulants yeah you yeah. basically like you spike let's say if you were to eat a, a, a chuck a bottle of coke mm -hmm. then your dopamine would go extremely extremely high and what happens is as the more you stimulate dopamine the less it affects you so that's why cocaine is so addictive that's yeah. why sugar is so addictive because you keep on spiking it and it keeps on going up 
and then back down, and then up, and then back down. But that up each time is getting your body is it's the same level, but it's your body is tolerance becoming, to it. Yeah, your body's becoming tolerant to that level. Yeah. So actually, that's that's really big in a, in a general sense. That dopamine, it, it's sort of like if everyone's excited, no one is, right? Like yeah. we, like we slowly. If yeah. we, well, this is kind of the problem we have now, as we were talking with social media and media and mm. things that we generally have today, is that dopamine is being released so often yeah. that it's becoming a lot less potent, right? Um, something like, for example, the like system on a, on oh, yeah. an Instagram or Facebook. When you get when you see that heart, there's a reason it's a heart. When you see that heart from different people, right? It sets this thing off in your brain. Oh, they like me. Oh, they did a thing. Oh, they did a thing. And that they just, know. They yeah, know. They know. Let me tell you. I said this. I said this in the first episode. I think social media is free because you're the product, right? Like that's that's clearly how it works. They know exactly. It's it's like I'm not saying they're trying to 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 brainwash you, but they know how to brainwash you. No, let's be honest. Like they know how to brainwash you. Like 110, percent they have scientists and everything. I mean, there's so many documentaries that cover this sort of stuff. 100. percent Everybody knows. Everybody. Here's the thing. I think everyone knows, knows, but they still do it. But they still. I still do it. Like I like I want you to follow the communal conversation on Instagram. Like like I'm not that. Like I'm a part of the system. I'm not gonna lie, but. At least recognizing it as some, but step. you got to know how to kind of go into it, use it for what it's what, what it's there for, exactly, yeah. and then back up. Not yeah. like the people like we were saying before, staying up until the four a.m. watching Netflix and scrolling on Instagram yeah, exactly. for hours and hours and hours. Right? Now. Yeah, I don't get that. Like that's just no. a there's waste a reason. Of a lifetime. Yeah, there's a reason they come up with like suggested feeds, and you can constantly yeah. refresh because yeah. they don't want you to ever they leave. They know, right? Um, so, but that, but for example, that's something like dopamine that is just constant being yeah. released in the brain, so to the point where it becomes numbing. Right, and that's why honestly, you have some people with identity crises who, or crises who have a social media influence, a bunch of people liking their stuff all the time, and then they feel nothing, because yeah. it's not real people yeah. in front of you giving you approval. It's people online, right? Um, and dopamine actually, do- okay. So here's a, here's another interesting. I'm wondering if you could shed light on this topic because I was actually discussing this topic with my mother of all people. It's gonna be really weird considering what the topic is, but um, a problem we don't often talk about: porn addiction. Yeah, that's a big one. Okay. No one really talks about it. It's not, it's because, well, because in some worlds, it's kind of cool that you consume more porn than others. It's like, yo, bro, that's crazy. Yeah. You do it more than me. Yo, it's epic. Or, or no one just talks about it in joke. Cause it's, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. It's weird. Probably a few people, as I said, the word porn, listening to this podcast, were like, oh, oh God, he's going there. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely no rabbis who are listening. Yikes. But uh, no. So the thing with porn and why porn addictions are happening so often is because it is this constant. So what gets what gets released with with uh, dopamine? D- is it just is it de- dopamine? Oh, is it just it? dopamine? But I'm yeah. saying like obviously serotonin, obviously all, yeah, the, exactly right. all those all the feel good hormones, not the like it's it's the exact opposite of the stress uh, the stress release hormones. It's yeah. the ones that calm you down. Like the dopamine is the one that gets you high. It's the one that gets you yeah. like like oh, okay, I'm okay, but I'm like happy. And serotonin is the one that makes you relax and makes you feel like serotonin is the thing that. After you have a very big meal or something like that, you start to feel like uh, like tipsy because you're right, starting to yeah. feel sleepy. That's that serotonin kicking in. Like I'm okay, I'm hung, I'm, I'm full. I'm, I have it's regulated food. exactly. I'm, I'm calm. Like my body's no, no stress. So it's the same thing um, with with uh, pornography. Basically, that that's what happens. You're 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 stimulating those those uh, centers in your brain, which are and, not meant to be stimulated all the time. Not at all. And the more <laughs> and the more you do that, the less and less the the, the less or more tolerant the more you well the less potent the dopamine yeah, becomes basically. right and then like kind of the more you need so you see people, and there's so there's people yeah. have like they, they start with just whatever like searching so i was gonna get to this right? and then they go to like the extreme and then like when you get so far like i'm not saying there's no way to get back but it just gets it gets it really, hard. really hard so by the way for the, <laughs> it gets really hard sorry that, <laughs> that's um 
Uh, but um, so just this, this general topic is definitely uncomfortable and uneasy, and I'm not trying to knock anyone in the audience for whatever they may do, right? Like, I'm not saying that if you watch porn, you innately have a problem. It's, it's unfortunately sort of a commonality now. But there is this addiction problem that also leads into physical manifestation. For example, we are seeing higher and higher levels every year of erectile dysfunction in men than ever before. Because what happens is what you just described. People, when they start watching porn, they start with basic things, you know, we don't have to specify the categories, um, and sort of, you know, like, like normal, normal things. And then yeah. suddenly when they adapt themselves to that dopamine release, right? When they, they adapt more, it slower and slower. They need something more novel. Exactly. It's almost like a, it is like a drug addiction. Like it someone who starts, someone who starts with a low level of yeah. drug and does the same dose over and over, it's not going to have the same effects. So you have to go higher and higher and higher, right? So what happens with porn is people do that. They get to the extremes. They get to the really gross, nasty stuff. And then in real life, when they try to fulfill, you know, those acts, they don't, they're not anywhere near their expectations. Yeah. And that's why erectile dysfunction happens so often, unfortunately, yeah. because people build these crazy expectations of what sexual relations are supposed to be from this online world. And it's really gross and no one talks about it. That's another thing also that people, uh, they say like, they, they see what, what they see in the video and they see like, oh, that's the, that, the perfect. That's, how that's it's what it's gotta be. be, yeah. So, and then like, it happens in real life. Like I've, I've never had that yet. Let me yeah, tell me you. Yeah, me neither. We're, we're, we're abstinent we're, over we'll here. We'll get there one day. Yeah. But hopefully. But um, I don't know why I said that on, on microphone, honestly. I might <laughs> cut that out, but you, you keep going. So basically, uh, when they get to the real thing, it's kind of like, that's it? Like Exactly. What, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I thought it was supposed to be so much more. It's not being filmed by 10 camera angles. What's yeah. going on here? It's like... What 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 now? Yeah, <laughs> you, 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 your brain you, is stuck. <laughs> you think you think there's so supposed to be so much more, and you kind of just like, if this is the real thing, then what what else is what, what else is there? Yeah. So it's kind of like you get in that that zone of not what nothing's left. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of that that in a way it's kind of like that that's what depression is. It's kind of like, what now? Like I, I there's no point. There's no yeah. There's no reason to to to, to do what I'm doing. Like to, to live. <laughs> yeah. In a way. Yeah. Um, and so constant, yeah, so constant dopamine is really something that's constantly putting us sort of in every direction. In every, so it's something, every, yeah, it's that's something, why it's a big problem. Every single thing is simulating dopamine to like, to, to an extent. Do, but I feel like, do you, do you really think that we're in like a hyper dopamine society? Like it's never, like what are things in, in the past decades that could equal this dopamine? Would have stimulated dopamine? Like this much. I guess they're really, this much, nothing. really, no, nothing. Right. Even, even like. What makes food addictive? I don't know. <laughs> the thing that would make food addictive, and all the companies know this, when you go to any when, when you go to any fast food restaurant or you go to or you eat any processed food or anything that's addictive, the combination, it's a combination of, of, of ingredients. And the thing is it's sugar, fat, and salt. Look at any almost any single uh, addictive food. food Thing that you just want and will never ever stop eating sugar fat and uh and uh, salt. salt look at a big mac when you go to mcdonald's you're getting the bun you're getting the the patty. The, the, the patty inside you're getting fries on the side and you're getting a coke yeah the coke is the sugar and the bun is the sugar the the french fries are also the sugar and why why are french fries so good because literally it's salt it, it's it's a potato which is pure carbs pretty much <laughs> You're frying that in fat, which is yeah. oil, which is fat. And then you're putting salt on that. 
That's like you got all the three, ideal yeah. addictive food and ever. We see that it is a very addictive it's food. Very I will addictive. admit it is a very Listen, addictive food. I like that stuff. But I haven't <laughs> had it in a very long time. I've never oh had God. McDonald's, but... Well, I've, yeah, well... But I've, I've, I've haven't had French fries, had French fries. Like, very, very years? No, like, I can make them with, like, avocado oil. I was going to say, like, you can probably... It, 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 it tastes very really good. Great. Do you have an air fryer? Uh, I do have an air fryer, yeah. I abuse my air fryer so much. Yeah, I should use it more, but I love those things. Yeah, yeah um so so yeah so anything like even like a cake look at a cake when you read a cake the ideal combination what's the ingredients like you read the back of the ingredients it's like wheat it's like eggs it's like like flour it's flour eggs sugar salt it's it's the classic the classic so every single thing that's addictive has those that combination of food so it's kind of like every single thing is coming at you and and they're just and it's like the thing is that everybody knows that these things are addictive and everybody knows that once i start eating that like once i start eating that salt and vinegar chip i'm never gonna stop i know i'm never gonna stop and i know i know and i will never <laughs> personal stop. experience because yeah. listen on the drive homes in the summer from our cottage and i wanted i would i would cry to stop at the gas station just for a salt and vinegar thing because i'd say oh my stomach will hurt if it would if i didn't eat it which it oh would my hurt. god i would devour those things and that's how the, the salt and vinegar i would have like a full bag like like humongous yeah bag. i've been there before and those are like it's, oh, it's, so the, it's like uh, thousands of calories in the jalapeno things. cheddar chips that went all to my belly okay right. like that's how that's how the 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 chubbiness the the, the little round ellie started <laughs> so that's how that all started for me and then it's kind of I would say you've definitely progressed a lot past that for the record. I've seen old pictures of you and I'm like, it's not, it's not even. I I try to eat a lot now and it's, uh. Yeah, but you, you, you do stuff to conserve that. Yeah. Right. Like you work out a lot. Yeah. I I still am trying to gain muscle though, but it's like, I need to eat a lot. Yeah. Right. You need to consume a lot. And with your specific types of consuming food. I can eat a lot. I could, I could not stop, but then there's like fasting and intermittent fasting i try not to eat all day intermittent fasting is something that is is actually sort of being popularized in some areas uh, do you want to explain that a little basically what intermittent fasting is it's it's refraining from eating for a certain period of time so uh it could be from i'd say the like the benefits start at 12 hours are the very minimum benefits so that's like it's very easy to do that it's kind of like space yeah 12 hours 12 hours hours. so you, you you eat for a period you don't eat for 12 hours straight but like your eating window is within 12 hours. So you start, let's say, eating at uh, nine or eight o'clock, I see and mean. then you finish eating at nine or eight o'clock. Hmm. So it's kind of like you have 12 hours of an eating window. So you'll have three square meals in that time or something like that. So the benefits start to increase as the time goes up and they kind of like somewhat plateau if you were to do this every single day. There are many different kinds of intermittent fasting, but basically- What is the overall benefit? The benefits are, so some people say that if you look at like the the, the classic bodybuilding uh, um, kind of view of it, it's kind of just they say that by eating in a in a condensed time, you uh, you have less time to actually uh, eat food, so you kind of eat less automatically because you fill up and you don't eat more. So you kind of are eating it less calories. Overeating? Okay. You kind of yeah, you basically just eat less calories, and in that sense, you lose weight. That's yeah. what they say. I believe that that is a very big factor because obviously if you're eating uh, 24 hours a day, you're going to eat more than if you're eating for six (laughs) hours a day. Yeah. So, but I would say that there's many more benefits to that. And the research does show that, that condensing your eating uh, window has many benefits in, uh, for example, in a thing called autophagy, which is basically your cells um, restoring themselves. Your cells will 
well, there's when your cells your cells can die and then your cells can repair themselves, right? Which is autophagy. Autophagy literally means self-eating. So your cells eat themselves. So they basically they recycle the parts that are bad and they print new parts, <laughs> basically. So uh, it's kind of like you're rejuvenating your body yeah. every single day. And if you do this, if you fast every single day, you're doing this every single day. So it's kind of like you're you're because you're giving yourself a break, so those, yeah. those cells function yeah, faster. pretty much. And also, like you're giving your digestive system a break. You're giving you're just giving your whole body a break from, from eating because eating in a way is a stressor. Mm-hmm. If you think on it, your eating is a stress to your body. When you eat, your body has to begin digesting, and that's why a lot of people feel uh, better if they don't eat. For example, in the morning, they they know that they have more cognitive function in the morning. Some people will not eat before a test. Or they'll only have a coffee or they know that like for example my mom she never eats in the morning because she knows that she gets the most work done in the morning and she'll have like a, uh, an early lunch for example because she knows that that's just she, she functions it's, better yeah so it's kind of like your body is focused for, for when you're eating your body is to focus on digestion digestion and that's why a lot of people they will feel tired after a meal that's for a few reasons but also because your body is directing the energy towards your stomach to digest. Right. So if you're not doing that, if you're not eating for 24 hours a day, you have more energy to focus on other parts of your body for, for your body to send that energy towards. So that's basically what uh, the, benefit the of benefits it. of intermittent fasting, I'd say. Is it something you would recommend to most people or, I, or specific would, types of people? I would say that everybody would benefit from intermittent fasting, but there are many different types of it. I'd okay. say that female bodies have to be more careful with what they do because the way that they're... Uh, hormones work kind of um so that's a little bit more complicated uh and they probably would have to fast a little bit less and a little okay. bit so there isn't a one size fits yeah, all but, not, the ge- but you think the general concept is something you yeah would. but like i said there's many different versions there's like yeah. 16 8 there's uh there's there's 20 20 uh, there's like a thing called warrior diet which is literally fasting 20 hours a day and eating for four. Oh my god there's there's versions of fasting two days a week and then eating normal for five days a week so it's like it gets very that sounds like uh ramadan like yeah <laughs> But yeah, so technically also Ramadan is in a way very good for you. Extreme, really? It's the extreme. fasting for, I would say that it's not so good to eat at night. So that's one thing. And also kinda, aren't you overall eating a lot less? Cause during Ramadan, I believe during Ramadan, you can only eat what? Like at, sure. in the night, like a piece of bread and-, and No, I think it can eat- You can eat an actual meal? Yeah, that's- Okay, I'm not days. an expert on yeah, Islam. Yeah, me neither, I but I, I'd say that like 30 days doing that is uh, pretty- Pretty hard. One of my aspirations is to have an imam on this podcast one day, so I will ask him. Yes, okay. hopefully one day. Um, okay, so covered a large myriad of topics right yes, there, um, and I want to transition a little into a question that we have from our audience, and let's um, let's see if we can we can tie this into the themes we've been discussing here. Um, so this is from Justin, uh, who is a teenager uh, in high school in uh, Connecticut, and he asks, "How do I deal with the death? Sorry, the fear of death." As a teenager, the fear, fear of, death. of death. So this sort of, I know this takes like a huge pause Very, in what we've been talking about veers to the left. Yeah. But um, first of all, the, the idea that teenagers would have a fear of death is very interesting to me. Because usually teenagers are known for the opposite of that. There's a reason that insurance under teenagers costs way more than it yeah, does normal adults, right? That, yeah. Like usually kids are a lot more fearless and rambunctious and willing to take risks. Without, without the fear of death necessarily. But I, I, I spoke a little with this person. Um, and it is it is like just this sometimes, it's not overwhelming. It doesn't enter every facet of their life, but sometimes there's these thoughts of death, of like everything could end at any instant, of just like full stop. And that scares him, right? And, and that's something that keeps popping up in his head. 
and it's really it's really odd i would say for a, for someone of his age to be feeling that usually that's something that comes in later ages you know midlife crisis and existential yeah. stuff but um how would you how would you approach that do you so the way that i see basically fear in general is kind of like i, I the way that i wake up in the morning like let's say if i if i wake up when i wake up i know that there is a reason that i woke up today there is a reason that i am still here i believe that like there i obviously believe in a higher power by saying this but i believe that god put me on this earth for a purpose and the fact that i'm still here right now talking and breathing and living is it, it, it's it's it tells me that there is a reason that i'm still here so there is no fear for me. Well, obviously, like everybody has fear, but I'm saying there's no, there's no, like, there's no doubt that there is something that I still need to do, and there's a reason that I'm here. So there's no fear that I am just gonna disappear and leave. So, and even if I do, like, it's like I kind of, if I believe that that I'm here for this reason, that like there's nothing else. If 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 I die, let's say, then. It's that, kind of meant that's it. That's meant to happen. Yeah. There's nothing after that. If you put that whole paradigm together, there's nothing left for me here. Yeah. So what's the point of being so, here if there's nothing left? A lot of religious people listening to this will agree with you that the waking up in the morning is the God-given sense of I have still yeah. stuff to do. Those who aren't religious or don't right. believe in a God, right, right, which right. is very valid. I right. understand it's hard to believe in things you can't see. Um, I would even just, your message still applies. You can even take God out of the equation and say just the fact that you woke up and the fact that your body yeah. is still functioning normally means you have stuff to do as a person. Yeah, like you're right? one in like a few trillion uh, chances of being here right now. Yeah, so there's right? like, there's a, there's a reason you're here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that doesn't, and that could be self-fulfilled purpose, but just, but just the, <clears throat> that's, that's more of the overall, I guess if it was intruding on you, but, but right. just immediately what, how to deal with thoughts of death, I guess. Usually the usually counter thought is the best idea, but the way you'd approach that probably is, I, I think anyway, is we we are constantly, all the time, humans are driven by the need to have an answer to everything. We do not like uncertainty. Uncertainty, doubt, anxiety, biggest enemies of mankind, right? You know, that and nukes. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, we hate uncertainty. And so we are always looking for answers to questions right. all the time all the time we need everything answered so right now safe. to things huh because you safe. of course because you want to feel safe secure you don't want to feel like anything's up to chance it's understandable right it's something we all deal with um and this this overwhelming question of when am i gonna die unfortunately not a question you can answer yeah. <laughs> it's not especially as a teenager definitely not a question you can answer it's sure. it, it sucks i know there's like this there's this back of your brain that's like what if i'm working my hardest today I get all my stuff done. I hang out with my friends. I go home and suddenly I, I die in my sleep, right? Which, by the way, is very, it's very unlikely, but it, it is a thought. I would say focus on the questions you do have the answers to, not the questions you don't have the answers to. The things you don't have the answer to, always investigate. I mean, that's the pro that's scientific process, yeah. right? Is to invest constantly investigate questions we don't have the answers to. But something as uncertain as your own death, dwelling more on it will not, yeah, you will not give you okay. any benefit. You kind of have to be okay that you yeah. don't have an answer. Yeah, like you just exactly. will never know that answer. Never. That's that's how I became more comfortable with religion because I sort of I distanced myself yeah. from religion in early high school. You may remember, and then I sort of brought myself back yeah, to yeah. it. Um, one one of my one of my steps in doing that was recognizing there are questions that I don't necessarily have an answer yeah. to, and I don't Nobody need to have an answer to everything. Nobody exactly, right? Answer. No one can tell that's you one hundred percent God exists one way or the other. Like no one, no one, like anyone telling you there's a lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
So I, so I think that's probably where you'd want to shift your focus and also recognize that as a teenager, your life is like so nowhere even close yeah, to being developed at just all. Like, you're just like a speck on the on the, yeah. on the thing on the, on the life compared to a person who's like 120. Which could be overwhelming for some people, but yeah. the, but really the positive message is that you have so much left, left. that you don't even why know worry or about it's like yeah why worry about dying tomorrow worry yeah. about it when like you're don't even worry like if you're 120 and you've you've, you've done it all like, yeah exactly done, like if you if you've reached 120 like you had such a long life yeah like you can't you can't get i don't know how to advise 120 year olds if i'm being honest but yeah. but i think the general message of what you're saying is good and yeah. i i think for a, a teenager struggling with something like that i don't know it, it seems it seems misplaced it seems like it seems like a misplaced anxiety I, I i get for some for some people why it's so overwhelming and i definitely understand for adults why it could be so overwhelming especially yeah. those medical conditions that but that gets to but that gets that's to sort of story yeah. that's validity right yeah. that's sort of like justification of, of those feelings but i don't know so that probably my general advice is um I don't know, try to focus on what the answers you do know to, and also that your life is like barely starting. Yeah. Um, and something b before we before we end uh, the episode, there's something very briefly that I, I think I want to bring up in a future episode. I wonder if you have any comments on it. So something I've been studying uh, closely for a few years, um, and a little bit comes from personal experience, and and that's that's fine. Uh, all of this public information, but fear of death, something not very common in people that have attempted on their life afterwards. People who have made suicide attempts, oh, yeah, right? This, yeah. No matter, Very listen, even if you go therapy, you go through like medication, you get all your stuff checked out, awesome, right? Like you turn your life around, the fear of death might actually still not exist. You might, even if your life is completely normal and totally good, you never want to do anything to yourself. But the fear of everything ending one day just doesn't exist in a lot of those people. It's like this shift that your brain takes. Like once you've gone that far to that step of saying, I don't, care enough about my own life for it to end, even if you come back from that, even if you never have thoughts like that again, your brain doesn't have the same fear. It's like this conditioned lack of response, right? Cognitive dissonance, I think is the word. It's 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 really fascinating. It's something I've been trying to read more about. Very interesting. Yeah. I would say that basically a way to not cure it, but kind of kind of make you in a way feel a little bit better would possibly take on a meditation practice. Oh, all right. So you're getting back into the biohacking world. You, yeah. you, you go ahead with this. I would say that basically I have not read much, much, much research, but in the in, recently, because I've had a little bit more, uh, not time, but a little bit more personalization over my schedule being at home uh, and being university at home. <laughs> Which as, we all love so yeah. much. <laughs> so I have taken up a little bit more meditation, started to read a little bit more about it and trying to understand more of the benefits about it. And I've found that I've learned that basically the kind of the point of meditation is to to not think about the past, not worry about the past and not worry about the future. You kind of just you be, focus on the present. You're, you're, you're here and you're just you're, you're focusing on being in the now. And the thing is, if you're living in the now, like think about it. The, the, the monks and the, the, the people who are living in the mountains, whatever, they're like the happiest people in the world, whatever. Um, they're they're like, they're not worrying about the past and the future. Yeah, when you get, worry- to train Christian it's such, a waste of, <laughs> it's such a waste of time in my eyes to worry about the past. And to worry about the future is another thing, but to, to worry about the past is like absolutely terrible because like you can't do anything, that, that's yeah. it. To worry yet, about the future- Yet a lot of us still struggle with sure, it. For sure, people live in the past all day. Yeah, and it sucks and it for causes sure. a lot of really people bad will, stuff. People will say like, oh, I just did that, I feel so bad, I feel so yeah. bad, I feel so bad. 
yeah, you like, can feel one bad. moment don't doesn't do, define yeah, you. Yeah, don't do yeah. it again or whatever. You can do something like that. But, but reflecting like, on it constantly it. changes like, nothing. You yeah, can't go just, back and just time. hurting yourself. Yeah, nobody exactly. else cares. <laughs> yeah, so, no, so that's another thing, by the way. No one else is calling you out on it. Yeah. Usually, you're calling yourself on it. Oh my god, I can't believe I made the stupid mistake. Yeah, like uh, <sighs> you're just damaging yourself. It's so. un, it's it really sucks. It's really unfortunate. It's one of those like compounds of human emotion that that a lot of people just can't yeah, get past. Kind of just like everybody has it. Even I struggle with it sometimes. Yeah, like everybody has it. Yeah. And, and then the thing is about living in the future. It's like, mm -hmm. yes, you, you can worry about what's going to happen in the future. And, you can and plan. Like, you, plan you is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Planning is like, that's how survival is. You have mm -hmm. a natural instinct to not die every two seconds. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. But the thing is, you also have to kind of understand that, like, you're living in the now. Li living in the now is kind of like the way to fully feel uh, peaceful and okay. Like, that everything is okay. Yeah. By living in the now, like, right this moment, I'm okay. I'm perfectly fine. I am here. I am breathing. I'm alive. I am. I have food in my stomach. I have a lot of food in my stomach. <laughs> but uh, I am perfectly I, okay with what is happening right now. Then you can worry about the future. Once you've got the now, and once you get the past out of the way, because that's like I say, it's that's a waste just going to hold you down. Yeah. And then once you have the now, then you can start thinking about the future a little bit and kind of understanding that at this moment I'm perfectly fine. And next. What there are can some I steps do? I can take. Yeah, basically what I'm trying to say. So I think meditation helps a lot with that. And I would start with like a 15 minute at the least um, meditation, which it doesn't, it's just, you just have to sit there and focus and, and kind of like the meditation is kind of preventing you from, from, uh, from, from your thoughts going away. Because every time your thoughts go away, you kind of think of something else. You're yeah. thinking about- Well, you the, avoid the second, stress usually. Yeah, the second you're, you're sitting there and your, your mind goes quiet and then you're like, they say, oh, focus on your breath. Or some people do like, I'm all like, why do they do that? Because like, <laughs> you're trying to focus on something that's not like- not you're your trying thoughts. To, yeah, not your thoughts. So what are your thoughts? Your thoughts are either the past or the future. Like you're sitting there, you're thinking like, oh, I can't wait to watch that movie. Oh, I can't wait to eat that sandwich. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to do this. Oh, what happened to this? Oh, I feel so bad about this. Da, 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 da. But living in the now is kind of just like, I'm here. I'm breathing right now. I'm focusing on my breath and all that. So that's what I kind of have been slowly doing with meditation and advocating for other yeah, people, obviously. Because yeah. I was gonna say, I, I mean, <clears throat> I don't do it myself. Meditation, honestly, yeah. maybe I should, but it's it's it is something there's a lot of good research on in terms of, of actually helping people center themselves. Sure. Even people with debilitating mental illnesses, like people that have been through doctor to doctor, therapist therapist, find meditation find a center, and yeah. that works for them. Yeah. So. Hmm. So I guess you have quite a few things you're recommending to the, the population listening to this podcast. I, yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. It's so funny. You start with like biohacking. You're like, oh God, where are we going from this? And then we actually get into very relatable yeah. down to earth subjects. So uh, it's like I said, it's, it's like I said, combining ancient wisdom with modern yeah. technology. Yeah. It's combining the modern uh, way of living right now that everybody's used to with the old practices and kind of making the best of both worlds. I agree. Because you can't just ignore the past yeah. altogether in terms of... Like they were doing something right until now. <clears throat> Right. Like obviously, if they had, like I said, like if your head got chopped off, you're not going to tape it back together. <laughs> but but also there just, are things that they did that were right. In general, we do also the things that we did wrong in the past, we learned from. I mean, like yeah, we learned. And error. That's how they did it. Think about it. That's, that's how humans work. Yeah. How like when you go to like a jungle and, and you see like the indigenous tribes and they give you a medicine and it works. How do they know that it works? Like they don't just like they don't think like, obviously somebody had to take this one vine and mix it with that one thing and then combine this it sounds like an experience you really want to that. be a part oh, of oh i'd love that but um <laughs> the way that like people figure that out is all trial and error they, yeah. they were there for thousands of years whatever depending on who you believe whatever they were they they did 
those trial and error and people died from certain things and then over time they perfected their their uh their kind of medicine cabinet yeah and they know what they were doing I, i've tried to tell this to people for years you probably remember me saying this in high school but learning failure from flight is uh, yeah. sorry turning failure into flight yeah, yeah, yeah is where you know you get all the wrong answers on a test yeah you, it's not just you got all the wrong answers you learned all the right answers for the next yeah. test right like we, we learn the most from our failures sure. but a lot of us get caught up in them and stuck in them and that's sort of human right it's just it, it's a uh, it's just unfortunate humans like we we're great and we also suck we're like <laughs> it's, it's such a yeah anyway so many confounding factors. but i think that's the point of life it's kind of like, right it's it's if it was just over, easy and ideal yeah, then it point. wouldn't be anything yeah. yeah it's getting over those uh faults in us exactly mm. okay very inspirational but very true yeah. all right so um unless you had any clothing closing clothing thoughts do you have any clothing thoughts i have a lot of clothing thoughts. yeah i, I can tell by the, the way you're dressed you have a lot of clothing <laughs> thoughts um but do you have any closing thoughts um i just say thank you very much for having me oh and this was uh the first time i've ever done something like this really and uh, i enjoy having uh, mr captain rex right here. yeah we got action figure spotlight of the week for yeah. those listening i have an action figure on the table every week that you're not seeing go to the youtube version it's pretty cool and also we have a new board this week that says the guest and the, the communal conversation very honored yes to be the first on the board um yes. okay so with that um i think we're going to conclude this episode of the communal conversation uh ellie yeah. avital thank you so much for coming on here i thank really you. really appreciate this conversation conversation we talk about a lot of stuff yeah. um and i want to mention to everyone to please follow us on instagram at the communal conversation which is really ironic considering the, uh, the discussion we just had but try not to get overwhelmed with the dopamine of the communal conversation um uh try to uh, l l on the youtube version uh hit that like button it really helps a lot honestly you don't realize how much it helps um and make sure to subscribe to the channel so you'll get more amazing conversations like these on a weekly basis um if you have any questions for the next episode you want to be addressed please leave them in the comments below or dm them to me via instagram uh you can even do that too if you have something you want me to address next week um and thank you so much to our sponsors ev direct and custom by shara and that's that thank you for okay. listening everyone have much. a good afternoon morning evening or night